0: Hello, I'm Scott Sachman and I'm Evan Novi Williams
1: and I'm Michael Barr and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast where we, Explore yes. the big money issues in the world of sports. We're all together again. We. We. Today we begin with Fanatics, a serious situation.
2: Yeah, a lawsuit that was filed this week by the U.S. government, uh, specifically the EEOC, the Equal Employment Opportunity uh, Group, uh, alleging uh, racial harassment, uh, discrimination, failure to promote uh, at Fanatics at their Jacksonville location uh, a large part of this lawsuit seems to stem from one employee a, a black man who was hired in 2012 uh, there are some ugly things in here you know there's racial slurs by managers there's uh, attempts at jokes that are that are very much not jokes uh, it's, it's unclear exactly how far they date back fanatics has said in a statement uh, that they did nothing wrong uh, and that they will will fight the accusations but you know this is a company that has connections across the sports world there's investment from the nfl there's investment from major league the kind of company
0: that you don't even know you're doing business with fanatics that you could do that if you're doing on the website of the nfl the website of a league you don't realize it's powered by fanatics
2: exactly it's a it's a $4.5 $4.5 billion uh, company right now. Run by any, Michael any Rubin. Any sports fan that has bought a, t- a t-shirt or anything online sports related, officially licensed sports related in the past couple years, probably has bought it from Fanatics. Uh, this is a company that is that is massive. It's the, it's the biggest seller of licensed uh, sportswear.
0: You're closer to Fanatics than I am. When did Michael Rubin buy the company and when were these allegations again? So
2: the allegations, the, the, the man kind of the center of the lawsuit was, was hired in 2012. Okay. Michael Michael Rubin bought Fanatics in 2011, 11. and okay. then in the in the first couple years of his ownership, he merged some of his other companies underneath it. He had some licensing rights elsewhere that he moved under Fanatics. Um, so, you know, the, the, this all happened at a time when when the current owner, Michael Rubin, who's a who's an e-commerce billionaire, when he bought uh, the company. Unclear how, how much this happened in the transition as he was ramping it from a, a, a small sou- a uh, North Florida, Florida right, the company all the way backdrop of,
0: of Michael Rubin. I mean, here's a guy who who's fighting incarceration uh, and social injustice. Yeah. He, he free Meek Mill. He, he was instrumental in that. So it's that backdrop of which his company is now being painted in
1: this light. What I don't understand is, uh, fanatics, are they saying that the gentleman who is bringing up these allegations that it never existed because like you said the things that are on paper are pretty ugly
2: it's unclear and and the fanatic statement was 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 pretty brief uh in which they said that 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 they feel as though the company uh is not responsible or hasn't done anything wrong um they have not certainly have not said that this man is is lying um but you know i assume that as, as things move along we may we may get a little can more can i bring start like
0: let's bring starbucks into this here's yeah. a big company and got a lot of attention a lot of backlash because one employee at one store and here in new york you know you can't walk 5 feet without tripping over a starbucks did something really stupid yeah. and called police now is that an institutional problem of racism at starbucks is this an institutional problem of racism at Fanatics or did one
1: employee do something really abhorrent? Yeah, and that's something we need to clarify. This the allegations are against one employee. No, they're not. It? No, no they're it's not. What, what one one employee is <laughs> making allegations. No, no wait a minute. So it's, it's there are more so this the gentleman who's making the allegations is saying that several people did this and num-
2: a number of them yeah the 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 ugliest parts of the lawsuit are you know a, v- a variety of things that were said to him by a plethora of team managers you know superiors colleagues i mean the the the, the thrust of the allegation is that the the workplace down in jacksonville at fanatic shop is uh, systematic in its uh, in its treatment of of African Americans and 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 biased gen- based on race, um, yeah. So again, a large part of it stems from what one man said his experience was, but uh, the, these are about more than one Fanatics employee for sure.
1: Well, now I'm kind of blown here because I, I don't understand if several people are involved, how how. Is everybody denying this or, or what's going on here? Well, again, if it's in
0: Jacksonville, this is far removed from your company headquarters. How far do you know what's going on in, in your tentacles? You, you need to know and you need to clean it up if it's true, obviously. So you, you, you can bet that Michael Rubin's taking these things seriously and he's going to find out what happened, who,
1: who said what and who did what and when. Can we talk about something happier? We'll talk about Pepsi, MSG. Is it happier? Not if you, not if you like Coke. Well, you know, it's, it's the real thing. Well, know. oh, well done! I, I, you know, it took me a
0: sec. Did you see the way I lifted my head?
1: Nice.
0: I did. I got it after there was a millisecond of wait a minute. He was making a joke and a darn good one there. See, yeah, if yeah. You got
1: to explain it. Then that's.
0: Well, yeah, right, that's, you didn't, but it just it took me. I think that's more of a byproduct of my condition at the moment and not you, Bar.
1: So he was funny. Yeah. Anyway, was Bar just
0: quick and funny? I had to confirm with Evan with a glance, uh, and then I could tell by his smile. Yes, he was. But what I find interesting here, and Evan and I talked about this off-air yesterday, is one, Coke had had these pouring rights at its MSG-owned property. So you're talking about Radio City and the Beacon Theater for more than 100 years. Then all of a sudden, you're displaced by your biggest rival. And the conversation we had was, from a consumer standpoint, from an ROI, how does this work? Like, do consumers care if they're getting Coke or Pepsi? What's the promotion of having the pouring rights in these venues? They switch all the time. The Mets, well, who had the Pepsi porch, is that Mets? Yeah. Mets had City Pepsi Field. port, City Field. Now it's not anymore. Now it's Coke.
1: Who cares? Well, now, wait a minute. There, uh, I'll, I'll a, wait two minutes. So there's, a, <laughs> there's a definite taste difference between Pepsi and Coke. I'm not knocking out the one. Evan, but we're, going upstairs, a, we're is, going upstairs later is, for the blind. We're go- Medina. Medina.
0: You're coming upstairs with us later. We are going to put bar in the blind taste test. <laughs> there and we is won. a taste difference. Well, it's well,
1: let's see if bar can discern which is which. No, it, listen, when I make a rum and coke, well, maybe oh, you yeah. said that. <laughs> oh, geez. But when I make a rum and coke, I can tell the difference of putting a coke in the drink as opposed to a Pepsi what in the What about the rum? Can you tell if I use good rum or bad rum? I sure can. All right. And, that, that, I believe. You know, maybe I shouldn't have said that, <laughs> yeah. but but it is true there is a taste anyway. What I'm trying to get at is—
0: But how do the companies take advantage? That's my look, question. How is, do the companies
1: take advantage of these I, I can.
0: I think
2: I can partially answer this. This is a tremendous market opportunity, right? And this is not necessarily about having 18,000 people at a Who doesn't game know game drinking—
0: People know the brands,
2: but uh, then you're asking, why does Coke advertise on billboards? Why are there commercials? Because they want to inundate you. They want every single time you think of soda to think of them.
0: They need to go to the most effective. There are
2: 18,000 people in Madison Square Garden almost every night for some event, right? And because you have the pouring rights, that means that you have probably, if you add up all the little signs and the big ones, there's probably multiple thousands of Formerly Coke, now Pepsi signs that are going to be switching? Am I,
0: when I now go to a point of purchase sale, when I buy for my home, if I go somewhere, I mean, half the time, I'll sit down, you know, I like some of these bad chain restaurants. I'm not going to be promoting, but you know, I like some of these chain restaurants. And I'll sit down and I'm like, can I have a diet bleep? And they'll say, well, we have we only have the other one. Is that okay?
2: Does anybody say no? Yes. I, no, I don't think people say no, but I bet you when you're in line at the supermarket... And you're debating. I buy what I like. No, no, I buy what's cheaper. Oh, you, you may,
1: but
0: they're not necessarily marketing towards you. So you got I mean, Sam's
1: you, Club in your house. You're ah, essentially asking decisions. why companies advertise house. at all.
0: No, I just wonder this particular venue, this particular product, how does it work? Do I? Ch- it's been 100 years of Coke. All of a sudden, people are, are going to be influenced because it's changed It's Pepsi? Can I ask a question? Absolutely. If there is an artist or a team that's promoted by a certain soft. No, I I never go by affiliate. I I do not care. But can they still still play there even if what's not. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They just can't. They just can't drink. Probably. I'll bet you they would have trouble. Now, if I'm at Madison Square Garden and I'm let's say Billy Joel. Could Billy Joel now put a Diet Coke on his piano when he plays Piano Man? And I'll bet you the answer is no. No, he cannot. All right, here I go. When I was at the All-Star Game at the Pepsi Center, I don't know how many years ago I'm dating myself, when Denver hosted the All-Star Game. I'm not kidding. I walked onto the floor with a Coke product. I almost got tackled.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, they, yeah. Because, the
2: NCAA does this. Yeah. All, I mean, you yeah. can't bring water on because they have Dasani, you yeah. know, which is a Coke product.
1: But right. see, this... <laughs> I'm, Old know, man bar. Here I go. <laughs> <laughs> here I go. NASCAR has this problem right now because you have people that are under the Coke brand and you have people that are under the Pepsi brand. And there was a moment in NASCAR when they would put a uh, certain brand on top of the car when the car got into victory lane. Right. Well, the people that were sponsored by... The other soft drink would just accidentally knock, knock it over. off the, the the roof of the car. Right. So this this happens all the time. Yeah. And by the way, I got to add a bonus one. A shout out to the guy who was at the Cubs game and- Got
0: eviscerated on social media. Yes.
1: Like he stole the ball from a kid. But that is not the case because he helped the kid- Earlier. The f- earlier. Right. Now, this is a case of Twitter that we used to say in the neighborhood, you're all up in my Kool-Aid and you don't know the flavor. Because they didn't get the whole story Radima, you have of to what chime, happened. You
0: have to chime in on the air with that. I, I almost don't even know what to say you know, all up right in now. my Kool-Aid, and you don't know. That's what oh, what flavor Kool-Aid? What is what the flavor? Yeah, flavor? It's yeah, going to be the, the red stuff. I know it's, you. It's, it's red stuff. I, I love the grape Not
1: stuff. the purple stuff. I love the
0: grape stuff. Please. You know what they were down in the bar household growing up? Mom, where's the tang? Oh, Mom, yeah. where's
1: the tang? Yeah, we did. that test. Did you do uh, tab too? Yeah, we yeah, yeah. did. We had tab. Okay, of course you did. Yes. Okay. Now I'm gonna wrap. Love uh, it. Love this it. is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Michael Tangbar. Along with Scott Sosnick and Eben Novi Williams. We are here each and every Monday. Well, not
0: true. Bars are often, oftentimes off. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, exploring the world of money and sports.
2: Join us at the end of the week when we speak with the biggest and brightest in the sports business industry.
1: You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio around the world and online as an Apple Podcast all night.